alive. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You may be seated today. If you're ready for some word, get out your Bible, your Bible app, get out your iPad or whatever you've got. Go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Today, as you are all well aware, is the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And thank God he is alive. Amen. I don't know if you ever have a a feeling of lifelessness in your life. Uh, Obviously, we're here. We're alive physically. Many of us are alive spiritually. We've been born again and we've been resurrected on a spiritual level. Uh, But at the same time, it's still possible, no matter what those two situations are, uh, for a person to feel lifeless. In other words, they don't have a, a sensation of power coming from within that strengthens them and enables them and empowers them to live their life from day to day. Many people just they kind of drag through and they feel uh, like they lack energy and strength and, and sometimes just motivation to live an outstanding life and to enjoy their life. Uh, oftentimes, when an individual feels that way, uh, the immediate thought is to look at a person's sleep habits and their diet and, you know, their exercise routines and that type of thing. And uh, I don't have any doubt that those kind of things are important and play into some of how we, we feel and in our bodies. But I know that uh, often when individuals are looking for a solution, they're looking to natural uh, physical remedies, those are not the solutions. Many times what they lack is something that's spiritual. And no matter how perfect your diet is and your, your, your schedule and how you handle your time, no matter how right that is, you can still be lacking the key ingredient to living an energized, fulfilled life. Because it, again, it's spiritual power that's necessary. All right, And if you can relate to that, I think probably all of us can at some point in time or another. And some really live there. I mean, they're just constantly in that place where they're just not very motivated to, to just to really excel and enjoy life. But we have something available to us that is, it is the most powerful force in the universe. It really is. I've, I have um, become acquainted with it. And uh, I'm becoming more and more familiar with this mighty power that sustains life and really propels life to a higher level. And and so I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. I want to read this verse in Philippians chapter 3. And just this one verse, uh, verse 10, Paul writing to the church at Philippi, he writes that I may know him, him being Jesus... And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Now, obviously we want to talk about the resurrection. But let's talk about this part for a few moments here. He said he wanted to know the fellowship of his sufferings. What is that? Why do you want to know that? (laughs) The fellowship of his sufferings. You know, fellowship means a sharing in common. 
It means I can relate to it. I, 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 have, I have this commonality between me and you. He's basically saying, Paul, here, I want to know suffering like he did. And again, that doesn't sound altogether enjoyable. But uh, I would ask questions. What is he talking about there? What is he referencing? Is he, is he saying that he wants to die on the cross like Jesus died on the cross? How many think God has called all of us to die on crosses in order to follow in Jesus' steps? Okay, you're real quiet. I'm going to take that as no. Hopefully that's not what we signed up for. Uh, <laughs> we should very well recognize what Jesus did for us as a substitution and what he did for us as an example. There are some things he did we are not supposed to follow in and we're supposed to be thankful for and receive. There are other things that he did in his life and his earthly ministry that we are absolutely supposed to follow. We are supposed to do the same things that he did. Now, are we called to be on a cross? Uh, Certainly there have been people throughout uh, history that have suffered that same um, fate, if you will. Uh, Obviously there were two people crucified with Jesus. He's not the only one to ever die on a cross. And uh, some of the early apostles were martyred that way. There are people today that are being killed for their faith in the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and sometimes they're killed that way because it's almost like a mockery uh, of what they believe. Uh, and I'm not seeking that. I don't want that. Uh, I don't think that's what Paul is talking about saying, I want to die on a cross like Jesus did. Because how many know that doesn't improve your standing with God if you were to do that? There are some who go into religious extremes and they are really messed up in their understanding of of what God wants from them. And there are people that think, yeah, if I suffered that way like Jesus, man, I'd be big stuff in God's eyes. I'd be really holy and righteous. Actually, you might be further from righteous than you've ever been. Everybody with me? The very thought that, that, that a person can pay for their own sins through their own suffering is, is, is totally wrong. All right. Sometimes people seek this. They seek to suffer this way because they feel guilty. They feel ashamed. They feel like a bad person. And they think they're going to kind of make up for it. You and I can't make up for what we've done wrong. You can't forgive your own sins. That's why he did it. That's why he went to the cross. Amen. And right at the same time, how many know if a person, and like I said, there have been many people through history that have uh, been killed that way. But how many know no one truly dies on a cross like Jesus did. It might outwardly look the same, but what he did was far more than the eye took in. And that is this. He not only took the beating, took a whipping, was nailed to the, to the cross, but he was made sin for us. He literally became a curse. He bore the sin of all mankind, past, present, and even future. It was all put on him. We can't even comprehend that. We can't even wrap our mind. I mean, the, the outward looks like it's brutal. I can hardly, you know, imagine that, let alone to, to, to experience spiritual death and separation from the Father because you are becoming the sin of the world. How many know no one can reproduce that? It is impossible. And so when Paul's saying here the fellowship of his sufferings, he's not talking about doing what Jesus already did and somehow adding to what Jesus did as if it were insufficient to wash all of our sins away and give us eternal life. But there are some areas, of course, that uh, you can um, relate 
For example, here's one way Jesus suffered. It is when he prayed, Father, not my will, but yours be done. How many know the laying down of our own will is a a type of suffering that we can emulate uh, and follow Jesus in? We're saying, I'm not going to give up what I want to do sometime. I'm going to do what what God wants me to do. Your flesh screams at you. (laughs) There's a suffering involved. Obviously, Jesus stood and preached and taught righteousness, the ways of God, and people came against him. They attacked him. They attacked him verbally and then later in other ways. But if you take a stand for the Lord today, how many know that's one way that you can suffer, and it's just like Jesus suffered. If you'll take a stand, I tell you, some people are not going to like you for it. They're going to call you everything but a nice guy. Huh? And all you're doing is standing up for, for, for the ways of the Lord. And so we can suffer. We can share in common that suffering in some of those ways. Uh, Paul, it seemed to be that he was the kind of guy that was willing to do anything. He recognized there is such great value in knowing him. It's an experiential relationship with God. He valued that so much he was willing to do anything. He was willing to go through anything. He cared about his own people, the Jews, so much that even though God's call in his life was to the Gentiles, he kept saying, but I got to get to the Jews. And he suffered for it. He, I mean, and he was willing to do it. Man, he said, man, if they kill me, big whoop-de-doo, I've got to. He loved them so much that he wanted to get the gospel to them. And so we can kind of see where he's coming from and, uh, and what was going on in his heart. But I want to, I want to, talk to you about um, obviously the resurrection but first there is a balance that I think sometimes gets out of whack when we enter this time of uh, time of the year we're talking about the death of Jesus and we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus two very very important things but I I've given this a lot of thought over the years And so let me just give you some of my thinking. I think there might be too much emphasis on the death and not enough emphasis on the resurrection. If you think about um, some of the movies that have been made, for example, a vast majority of the time is spent on the suffering, on the beating, on the brutality, on the death, and then hopefully... (laughs) Hopefully they get to it, but then usually just a little bit of time on the resurrection. And you see, we could come away with the focus of it's all about the cross. It's all about the death. And I'm telling you, that's not what it's all about. If you think about many of the songs that have been sung, Christian songs and worship music throughout uh, the years in church, you will find a great many songs talking about Jesus' death on the cross and fewer fewer focused on the resurrection, on new life. Um, If you think about jewelry, uh, many people wear a cross. They wear a gold cross in their ears or around their neck or whatever. They they, they wear jewelry. It's a cross. You think about uh, churches often have a cross on the building or on the platform or somewhere. Uh, Hospitals, it's not uncommon to see a cross on the wall. Sometimes they still have Jesus on the cross. And, uh, but you see, you see that symbology, symbology, is that a word? That's a new word, yeah, go for it. Uh, <laughs> but you see, you see it everywhere. You, you see a very high usage of the cross, and, uh, and here's the deal, thank God for the cross. 
And uh, should we keep talking about it? Absolutely. You know, uh, I've seen recently on social media put people putting up these little memes that say that the heart is not the symbol of love, but the cross is the symbol of love. And I like that. I think that's how you understand true love. It's Jesus on the cross in your place. Amen. And so I think that's very, very important. But I would ask this question. Might it be more scriptural, more precise, and more accurate to wear an empty tomb around your neck than a cross? I know that creates all kinds of problems for jewelers. I don't know how they might make those. And so I understand that. But I want you to consider the, the, the principle here. The, might it be more accurate to show the empty tomb more frequently than the cross? Because this is the day in which we live. We're not looking forward to something. And even in our looking back, we're remembering. But we live with the empty tomb. This is the time of His resurrection. Have you ever heard someone tell a joke? Long, drawn out joke. You're waiting, you're waiting, waiting for something funny. And they get close and then they forget how it went. Oh, man. Oh, this was really funny. This was really good. That's painful, isn't it? (laughs) You put me through all that. I don't even get a laugh. Uh, Well, what if we did that? What if we missed the punchline? What if we missed the... What if we read the scriptures? What if we... I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to talk about Jesus dying on the cross and and miss the main point. Amen. Jesus, Jesus never said about himself, I am the crucifixion and the death. You remember him saying... Ever remember reading that? But he did say this in John chapter 11... I am the resurrection and the life. He did say that about himself. And I want to be focused on who Jesus is. I contend that we should speak more of the resurrection than we should of the death. And again, thank God for what Jesus did on the cross. Look with me, if you would, if you have your Bibles, at Romans chapter 10. Romans, the 10th chapter. This is a great verse. Many of you know it well. If you don't know it well, I recommend you know it well. Highlight it, underline it, write it down, memorize it. This is a great verse. And this is essential. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. It reads this way. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Man, isn't that good? Oh, that's good. How's that work? Well, I say it, I confess, Jesus is Lord. He's the boss. He's the He's the master. He's the one in charge. If I'll say that, but I have to believe something in my heart. What? In the resurrection. I have to believe in the resurrection. And if I'll do that, what will happen? 
I'll be saved. What if I don't believe in the resurrection? I will not be saved. Well, I just want to have a relationship with God. Not outside of Jesus being alive, you don't. I mean, it just doesn't exist. And I want you to consider some of the many outstanding accounts and stories we read from Scripture. And we read about the great outpouring of, of, and demonstration of God's provision and might and power and ability and healings that Jesus did. And, you know, the Red Sea parting and all kinds of great stories. How many know all that is in vain if our Savior's dead? All that is in vain if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. If he's not alive today. And this scripture says, I, I must believe in my heart. Now, I can witness, I can observe a person confessing the lordship of Jesus. I've seen that many, many times, thousands of times. People confess the lordship of Jesus. What I cannot see is what's happening inside. I can't guarantee I can't verify 100% if in their heart they believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. But when the combination of those things happen, what happens? Salvation takes place. A gift from God called salvation gets deposited on the inside of that person and they now possess eternal life. It's theirs. They own it. they get to experience it forever. That's the way that that works. Now, I can't, again, I'll say it. I can witness the outward. I cannot see uh, the inward. But I know this. Thank God for the cross. Say it out loud. Thank God for the cross. But here's the deal. The power is in the resurrection. The power is in the resurrection. Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. Take a left turn if you're there in, uh, in Romans and, and look at the 8th chapter. Just a page if you've got a Bible like mine. Romans chapter 8. Notice with me over here in verse 11. Romans 8 verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. All right, here's the deal. This is the the spirit of God who is responsible for the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. The power that raised Jesus from the dead was no small thing. This was a very, very, very big deal. This is not like when your 9-volt battery goes out or you think it's going out, and so you test it and you put it on your tongue. Hmm, I think there's something there. Hmm. Or if you get a brand new one, you go, oh, yeah, that one's good. Yeah, how many have ever done that? You know, you know about 9 Yeah, okay. How many know you would do that? Most of us would. I would do that. I've done that many times. And I don't taste anything today. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we would do that. Many of us would do that with a 9-volt battery. How many know there's some other voltages out there? We would not do that with. <laughs> Let's see if this wire is hot. <laughs> we would not mess with it. I'm telling you, the power that raised Jesus from the dead 
was no small thing. It's not even, not even the same as other people we read about who were raised from the dead, like Lazarus or different ones that were physically raised from the dead, brought back to life. That wasn't the degree of power that it took for Jesus. And you know why that is? It's because of this. When Jesus was raised from the dead, it was not just physical. He didn't just die a physical death. He became a curse for us. There was, there was spiritual activity. He became sin. When he was raised from the dead, it wasn't just Jesus being raised from the dead. It was all the rest of us too. It was all of humanity because all of our sin was placed on him. So this resurrection power ignited and reinvigorated his physical body. But it was a spiritual resurrection. This is some heavy duty stuff. I don't think we comprehend it. You know how, how uh, often when individuals will pray, the great focus of prayer is God help this situation, heal this, fix this, provide for this, deliver for this. And people are asking for God's intervention to do a bunch of things to fix the ills and pains that people have in life. That type of prayer is not, N-O-T, not the same type of prayer that we have examples of for those who knew the power of His resurrection. And, and often the reason why those prayers are made so frequently for self is because of a lack of understanding of the power of His resurrection. And let me give you an example. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul prayed. He said, I'm praying for these guys. And he wasn't praying. No, don't get me wrong. I don't mean that this is, this is wrong to ask for these things. And I don't mean that people can't experience victory as a result of it. But he wasn't praying, Lord, heal them. Lord, help them. Lord, deliver them. Lord. He prayed, Lord, open their eyes. He prayed, Lord, show them the, your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. You know one of the greatest things to understand after Jesus was raised from the dead is the power that it took to do that. That's New Testament. That's our day. God wants us to understand and experience and know His mighty power. What power? Not the nine volt. Huh? The greatest power in the universe which literally raised Him from the dead. You know why? Because it now abides in you. And this is where many people, even believers, live with untapped power in their lives. They literally have the most explosive force in the universe abiding inside. That's what this verse said. That's what this verse, Romans 8, 11. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. It is intended not only to cause our spirit to be born again. That's when we get saved. It is intended to affect our physical being. I mean, if it can raise Jesus from the dead, I think it can... Fix a little lump and bump and, you know, tumor and, and thing. You know what I'm talking about? And that's, you know, that's why when we talk about this in here, stuff always happens. And that's why while we're talking about it now, it's happening now. 
People are being affected by resurrection power literally by just being here today. This is good. Some of you, some of you are going to question that, but watch. Watch. We'll see testimonies. People come and say, this is what happened to me. I came in with this and I, I left and it's gone. Why? Same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. As soon as we acknowledge it, we tap it. We're tapping into it, and God is beginning to manifest all over the place and change things in people's lives. Hallelujah. It's good. Amen. And so this resurrection power lives in us for our own personal benefit and to go out from us to other people. It's life-giving. It's, it's very, very powerful. Now, Jesus said this, said this about himself. I think this is very interesting. I want to read this to you from John 10. And consider this power. Consider the power. This high level, high degree resurrection power brought Jesus up. It's in you. If you're a believer, it's in you. If you're not a believer, hold on. We hope to fix it. Okay? But it's in you right now. It's in you. So I don't feel it. I bet I didn't say you had to feel it. I'm saying it's in you. You acknowledge it. Consider that that degree of power is in you by God's Spirit right now. It's not something you're trying to get. It's something you already have. All right. Now, Jesus said this about himself. Therefore, this is John 10, 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Who, who lays it down? People say, who killed Jesus? Well, that's not the main issue. Jesus laid his life down. He said, I lay it down, my will, my choice, that I may take it. Verse 18. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. And so I, I read that. And I've, I've thought about the many scriptures that speak of Jesus being raised from the dead. And I ask, well, who did? Did Jesus raise himself up? Or did God the Father raise him up from the dead? Who instigated this? How did this really happen? And there's no doubt that the scriptures state clearly, for example, Acts 13.30 reads, but God raised him from the dead, meaning God the Father. That he raised him from the dead. But then Jesus said, but this is all on me. I'm laying it down and I'm taking it back. So who really did this? And it's interesting to me when I, I look at this word take. When he said, I give it up and I take it back. Do you know it's the same word in the Greek which our New Testament was translated from? Same word that we read when we talk about and Jesus taught about receiving in prayer. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have. It's the same word, receive and take. So what did Jesus do? Did he receive resurrection life? Or did he take resurrection life? Yes. He absolutely did. And listen... This is why this, I want to show you why this is so important. Did the Father grant it, give it, make it available? Yes. 
Did Jesus receive it? Yes. Jesus functioned even in his resurrection the same way we are to function from day to day. There is the side of God's giving and there is the side of our receiving or, another way to say it, taking. Receive and grab on and take it. And so if I have this resurrection power living in me and it is designed to even affect my physical body, there is this part of it. God gave it. That's his side. There is my side where I still have to take it. I must grab onto it. If I don't know it's there, I'm not grabbing on. I'm not taking it. And if I do know it's there, but I'm still not taking it, I could live my life as if this amazing resurrection power is not present within me. Hey? Yeah, yeah. And so... We could say this. This was given to Jesus. I'm not saying it's given to us that, hey, we can die and three days later come back. That, that's not really the promise for our lives. That was made available to Jesus. So he said, I'm laying it down and I'm taking it back up. But could we say, I can today take up life for myself? Just like, just like he said, I have the power to take up life for myself. We could, and we should. It would be wisdom to acknowledge God's amazing resurrection power abiding inside of us and saying, you know what, I'm going to use that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to apply that to my physical body, to my surroundings. I'm going to apply it to everything dead in my life. And I'm going to take that power and resurrect it. Yeah. What are you doing? Receiving from your gracious Father. Receiving from the spirit of resurrection that abides inside of you. Amen. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, stories, probably have, of individuals who have died and have come back. They died and they were resuscitated, resurrected, whatever. But they, they were dead for a period of time and they became, and they became alive again. I've heard and read and know people and uh, many, many stories over the years. And I've never, I can't recall ever hearing someone saying, yes, I was in heaven and the Lord said, uh, welcome home, glad you're here, come right this way. Uh, but they said, no, Lord, I've looked around and, and I'm going to be back anyway, and so I'm going to go back to earth for a while. I don't hear that. But every story, it seems, that I've heard of individuals having an experience and they stand before the Lord, the only reason they're back is because the Lord said you have to go back. Whether it's I have something for you to do, someone's praying for you, heard both of these, these accounts, different situations, but it's like they had to go back. I know some of us, you know, we believe, we believe in resurrection power literally, and we, we read stories about people being raised from the dead. Some of us, you know, if you've lost a loved one, I don't doubt there, there are people in here, if someone you love passed away, that you were trying to pray them back in, you know, and resurrect them. And I, I, 
can't say, I can't say with all certainty by any means. I'm just, let me just throw this out. But I, when I read about taking and receiving, I sometimes wonder if that person has anything to do with it. I mean, unless the Lord says, you know, you've got to go back. I, I don't know if, that it would be, there would be one person in all of creation that would stand and look at the presence of Almighty God, the glories of heaven, and feel that amazing love, all the, the things that are there, and say, you see, heaven, earth, heaven, earth, yeah, I'll go back. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone would or any of us, uh, any one of us would, given the option, mm, I'll stay. Again, I'm not making some absolute declaration here that that's always the way it is, but I do see Jesus. He was raised from the dead. What did, how, did, how did that happen? He took it. He took his life back. Yeah. And I see when God makes promises towards us, he makes provision declarations. There is the God side, the giving side. It's God's grace. It's his favor. It's his kindness toward us. And then there's our side that says, yep, I, I take that. Yep, I receive that. I'm going to make that my own. That's essential, man. That, this is necessary. We've got to have this part of the equation if we're ever going to live in resurrection power. I'm happy today we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. But listen, listen, listen. Give him all the praise. Give him all the glory. Shout all day long. But I like to be very practical. How does that resurrection impact me now? And for me, I'm already a believer, so I'm already born again. I already had that resurrection. Laughing there. How does it affect my body? How does it affect my, my emotions? How does it affect my mind? How does it affect things in my life? Again, I said it before, but I'll say it again. Maybe there's some stuff in your life that's dead. I mean, you're alive, but you can, it's like you don't really feel alive. And it's like there's stuff that's, that died. It might be figurative, like, you know, dreams and passions and things that you used to really be excited about and, and it's gone. This will resurrect that stuff. It might be tangible and physical where you got parts of your body that are messed up because of accidents and disease. I tell you, the same, it raised Jesus from the dead and all of us with it. You can handle that. Come on, let's get it in perspective. It's no deal. What are we going to do? Receive, grab on, take it for ourselves, and enjoy the power of God today. That's why Jesus was raised from the dead. That's why we celebrate these things today. Because he is alive for our future, but he is alive for our present. Amen. So let's do this. Let's do this. I'm going to pray. And you pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen to the Lord. The Spirit of God is already moving. He's hovering in here. He's filling up all the gaps. There's ever any space, he's there because he's omnipresent. The Spirit of God, he breathes across our, our service here now. There are things in your life that you want to be resurrected. You want to hit God's, God's powerful life to hit. I want you to take it right now from him. He's honored when you do. Take it. Say, Lord, I take this for myself today. I receive this from your hand in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you today for what you're doing, for working in our lives, in this service, even now. There is life. There is resurrection power. There is healing. 
There is victory. There is deliverance. Oh, thank you, Lord. Strength for the day. Strength and empowerment to overcome and have victory. That resurrection life, let me just, as you're praying, you can listen as well. You're receiving from the Lord. Just grab it. Take it. People have been addicted to things. People trying to trying to stop smoking. Stuff like that. Watch. Grab it from the Lord. If that's you, smoking those things and you want to quit, you don't want to do that anymore, it's hard, It'll be, you'll be set free in an instant. Take it. Tell them. Lord, I receive that resurrection life in my body. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. Thank you, Lord. I take it. And it's mine. I have it now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Individuals having problems in their, in their, in their hearing. And we had a testimony earlier. Someone got healed. They had, uh, you know, hearing aids and they didn't have to use them anymore. Well, that can be you right now too. If that's you and you want that, here we go. He's in the house. Resurrection power hits your body right now. And those ears open up. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you for life. Thank you, Father, for great life and power that opens up all those ears, sets them free, breaks those addictions, breaks those bondages. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you thanks for you do all things well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you've been having trouble in your your arms, your really it's in the joint and the elbows, and those have been giving you trouble. Right now, you just lay your hands on yourself, and just put your hands on there, and that resurrection life will go right into the into your body, and it'll heal that condition in Jesus' name. And all the pain goes, and all the suffering stops, all the limitations leave you. Yeah, there you go. You got it. You got it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. All the honor and all the praise. And even those who are having trouble with their sight, having trouble with their vision, you put your hands on yourself right now, the power of God will go right into you. And it'll set you free. It'll open up those eyes and cause them to see and see see well. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for that resurrection power goes right into these bodies and heals and makes whole and makes well and everything changes in their bodies in Jesus precious name we receive that today from you we take it we take it from your hand thank you for it Father give you all the praise all the glory all the honor Amen, Amen, Amen